What is going on, all you money-minded athletes? Welcome back to the Money-Minded Athlete Podcast. This is Kyle Pullins, and I am your host, and I'm glad you are here. Welcome back, and if this is your first time, welcome to the show. This show, as a little intro for those of y'all who first time checking in, this is about money, this is about finance, business, entrepreneurship for the high school, college, and young professional athletes. Uh, for the parents and coaches of those athletes as well. You know, uh, today is uh, Thursday, book review day, Reader's Digest, Cliff Notes Day. And parents and coaches, this book is very powerful for you guys as well. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But really, first off, just welcome to the show. Welcome back. And let me start this by asking you this to please go and leave a review. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast at all, or if you listen to any other podcast, you're going to hear the vast majority of them asking that early in the game and at the end of the game, right? End of the episode, beginning of the episode. That's when you're going to be checked in. And that's important because for me as the host of this show and as a money-minded athlete myself, I need your help to get this show more exposure, to get more listeners to get more downloads to this show. And it's not vanity numbers for me. Okay. I don't care if I have a million downloads, a hundred thousand listens. I want to impact and help athletes get better with their finance, you know, savings, investing, all this kind of stuff that we're going to go into in this show. I want you guys to be better at it. I want you to be more disciplined. I want you to be able to take action from it and improve your life, improve your family's life and improve your future. So that's really what this is all about. The more I can get you guys listening in and the more feedback I can get from you is really what's going to help separate the show and how I can best serve and impact you. So today, how to win friends and influence people. We talked about this last week as the introductory to this Thursday kind of seasonal episode, right? Every Thursday, I'm going to be doing a book review day, 10 to 20 minute episode, you know, on a, a little bit of a gap might end up averaging out around 15. Uh, last one, I went 20. Just a little, uh, I think I made it went 30. A little over, regardless, back on track today. Probably the most important book you can pick up and read today. And is why we're starting off with this out of all there. I mean, there's thousands of great books out there. And that's, and that's understating it. There's a lot of great books to help you learn finance, business, whatever industry you want to go into. I mean, it's all out there. It's all ready for you. It's at your fingertips. Are you going to go and find it? Or would you rather have somebody like me come out and show you from the books I've read and the books I'm getting referred to by other people that I follow, things like that. And really, you know, it gives you that initiative and that idea in your head to be like, okay, I may not want to go down the sports performance route like Kyle's doing, but I like what they were talking about. And you know, with another guest that I had on, right? Let's say somebody who is into sales or somebody who's into the oil industry, right? Like whatever it is for you, it doesn't matter. Okay. I come from like a rodeo cowboy country background. Like we used to just herding cattle, being ranch hand life. Like that's, you know, not going to relate to what I'm doing now. But if somebody else is into that and there's ways that you can turn that into a very profitable business and lifestyle for you, much more so than what I've seen or what most of the people I've come to know in that world would do, you know, just as this example right here, 
I mean, there's a lot that can go into that. So especially with, I mean, social media, branding, building a business, getting people to, that want, want, that would want to come in and advertise and sponsor with you and all this stuff. There's a lot, a lot of things that can happen. And partially leading, you know, on that same note is why this book is so important, how to win friends and influence people. There's a lot of people you're going to have to influence along the way in the business side, but also in the athletic side, you've got to influence these coaches on why you should be a starter, why you should get that scholarship, why you should get to that pro level. Obviously a lot of that's got to be on talent skills, right? But these little, the finer parts of the game, the finer parts of the world, with etiquette and influence, persuasion, suggestions, things like that, that are ethical, right? We're not bribing people here. Okay. It's ethical stuff. So we're going to break this one down into four chapters or not four quadrants, really like four parts. And the first one, let me get back to it here. I mean, very, you know, part one is fundamental techniques in handling people because we're going to have to deal with a lot of different people in our lives from parents and friends to coaches to business associates, colleagues, people at school. I mean, all over the place, right? People you bump into at a restaurant, everywhere you go. I'm going to start with the title and then I'm going to read like at the end of every chapter, there is a principle from that chapter and it's going to, I'm going to relate the two, tell a couple stories from within side of the chapter because they're fairly long chapters. I got some really great examples in here, but I'm not trying to, you know, drag this thing out into a long thing, but this book is so fundamental and so important that I might take longer than th- with this one than I'm going to with a lot of others because of how important it is. Okay. So normally I might just do like a one, two episode deal. This one's going to be four because of the four different parts and really getting you to think about it and work through it. But then I want at vast majority of everyone, I want you to go get this book. Okay. It doesn't have to be this physical copy that I have right here. It can go be the audio book, ebook. Just go read it. Chapter one, if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. And then at the end, the main principle, the main takeaway was principle one, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. So starting off is... You know, they go into stories like, wait, because this guy, um, Dale Carnegie, right? This this book's old, right? So some of the examples they give are going to be from older older life, you know, different decades ago, longer, a, a lot longer time zone ago. Not even time zone, just time, right? So Two-Gun Crowley is what this guy, his name was. And he's, an, you know, basically like a, a mobster type guy in New York City. Okay, way back in the 1930s. Shot, they call him the cop killer. Shot a cop cold blood when he was in a car with his girlfriend. And then ever since then, he's been like on this power mission and running from him, this and that. You know, I'm sure you guys have heard of Al Capone. Um, He's another guy that they mentioned. But what they start to talk about with these two guys is they, they didn't blame themselves for the life and the decisions and the position that they were in. Like these were, you know, America's most wanted people, deadly, you know, would be on death row kind of people. I mean, at least that's how we're perceiving them, but they're perceiving themselves as like this quote here from Al Capone. He says, I have spent the best years of my life giving people 
the lighter pleasures, helping them have a good time, and all I get is abuse, the existence of a hunted man. He's viewing himself as this almost righteous person and helping the local community and being a support and cause for those around him. You know, these people that we view as crazy or whatever it is, they they have their own impressions, perspectives on things and how they're viewing their life and how the outside world is reaching them and how that's affecting them isn't always viewed as like black and white. It's like, oh, it, this thing happens to this person and it's a universal way. This is how it should be kind of thing. And, th- and that's part of what goes into this is they are not blaming themselves, but they're not trying to blame the others around them either because they know that blame isn't going to get them the results that they want. I highlighted some quotes here, so bear with me as I find those. I like this one here. If Al Capone and Two-Gun Crowley and the desperate men and women behind prison walls don't blame themselves for anything, what about the people with whom you and I come in contact? And then John Wanamaker, who's uh, apparently a pretty rich and successful guy. I've heard the name. I don't know much about him. I learned 30 years 30 years ago that it is foolish to scold. I have enough trouble overcoming my own limitations without fretting over the fact that God has not seen fit to distribute evenly the gift of intelligence. I mean, that's pretty powerful right there, right? Criticism is dangerous because it wounds a person's precious pride, hurts his sense of importance, and arouses resentment. B.F. Skinner, the world-famous psychologist, proved through his experiments that an animal rewarded for good behavior will learn much more rapidly and retain what it learns far more effectively than an animal punished for bad behavior. And there's been a lot of studies that show human beings react the same way when we're getting treated and trained like this. Think about like your sport, you know, it, it, it it's a flip of the, not exactly the flip of the coin, but both sides of it aren't exactly the gold standard, the only way, like somebody who's getting, praised and you know getting almost not worshiped isn't the right word but they're getting praise from somebody else for trying hard at practice even though they sucked or you know you get a guy who's one of the best players on the team and every time he messes up the coach is harder on him and scolding him because he's one of the better players and not one of the worst players right so there's like a give and a take on both ends of that but the message is that you know we we're wired to be rewarded for the good behavior that we're doing. So when we're trying to get an influence on another person to buy our product, right? Cause a lot of this is going to be related to business side of things, which is buying our product, buying our service, being involved in our community. You've got to entice them with the honey, right? And condemning them for these kinds of things, isn't going to get it there. So one of the great, you know, examples from this is going back to Abe Clinton way back in the day. President Abraham, Abe, Abe Clinton. <laughs> Just caught myself on that one. Abe Lincoln. Okay. President Abe Lincoln way back in the day. That was funny. That was funny. And how back in the Battle of Gettysburg, um, it was right around then that General, he was battling General Lee. Now, I'm not, you know, a historian. I'm not a super genius when it comes to this, you know, American history and politics and all this kind of stuff. 
but we're just, you know, using examples, stories to highlight the point of this, you know, and that's most of the time I'm, I'm, I'll come right back to this. I promise. That's most of the time what people are trying to do in like the news and the media is that they just take one little thing out of context because they want to make a certain point and the, the rest of it that's in context isn't always accurate. Now I say that because that's how the news and the media gets things to go viral and they get this bit like marketing, right? In the last episode we talked about with Andy is getting that, we, I guess we didn't talk about this too much, but it applies. It's like that's how they're drawing you in and attracting you. They're big budgets for marketing and they're smart and they know these kinds of things. So going back to this is this isn't an example like that where it's taken out of context, but we're not trying to use examples of political figures to start a political debate, right? And a timeline of like, oh, those facts are wrong, like your dates are off, like this and that. It's like that's where, you know, a lot of criticism and stuff starts to come from is people see something that they know and it's like, oh, why don't you know this? Let me correct you on it kind of thing where they think they're kind of helping, but it's really not. Anyways, back to this was this guy who was one of his, you know, top generals for Abe Lincoln. He told him to go and seize an army uh, to go and cut off this uh, so general meade was his name and he was supposed to go cut off like uh the guy he was fighting with you know the i'd have to go back and look because like i said i'm not a historian i got plenty of other stuff i can focus on um yeah so when when general lee reached the potomac with his defeated army, he found a swollen, impassable river in front of him and a victorious Union army behind him. Lee was in a trap. He couldn't escape. Lincoln sought that. He was a golden opportunity, heaven-sent opportunity, the opportunity to capture General Lee's army and end the war immediately. So with a surge of high hope, Lincoln ordered Meade, one of his generals that I mentioned, to call, not to call a council of war, but to attack Lee immediately. He sent him a telegraph with a special special message to act immediately. And he did, General Meade did the exact opposite of what he was told. He called a war council in direct violation of Lincoln's orders. He hesitated. He procrastinated. He telegraphed all manners of excuses. General Lee got away. Lincoln was fucking furious, folks. He was pissed. Okay. And they found this letter in his papers after his death. He wrote this letter that he was going to send to General Meade. I'm going to go through it quickly. He was pretty pissed. My dear General, I do not believe you appreciate the magnitude of this misfortune involved in Lee's escape. He has within our he was within our easy grasp, and to have closed upon him would, in connection with our late successes, have ended the war. As it is the war, as it is, the war will be prolonged indefinitely. If you cannot safely attack Lee last Monday, how can you possibly do so south of the river where you can take very few, no more than two thirds of your forces you had in hand? I got off a little bit there. It would be unreasonable to expect, and I do not expect that you can now affect much. Your golden opportunity is gone, and I am distressed immeasurably, immeasurably because of it. He took the time not to send that letter. So that is pretty impressive in itself that he 
because they go in a couple of other examples of where he saw that and he almost got into a gunfight with a guy and died over like some random thing. And he's just really starting to see that even if he wants to get these people's ways, criticizing and condemning them for their thoughts and their views is not going to get them there. Chapter two, moving on. The big secret of dealing with people. And we'll go to the back of the chapter. And it says, principle two, give honest and sincere appreciation. Sigmund Freud, one of the most well-known, infamous psychologists uh, of humanity, really, said that everything you and I do springs from two motives, the sex urge and the desire to be great. Dr. John Dewey, one of America's most profound philosophers, Phrase it a little differently, and I like this. Dr. Dewey said that the deepest urge in human nature is the desire to be important. We all have that desire to be important, don't we? That's huge. So realizing that in others, that they want to feel important, when we see something that they do that would be viewed as important for them in their lives, we need to let them know. Let them. We need to rec- let them know we're recognizing them and recognizing their good deeds and the things that they're doing instead of building off the last point, condemning them, criticizing them. And then they go into like these eight things that pretty much every, like spurs every thing we do in our lives. Number one, health and the preservation of life. Two is food. You know, when we're trying, the things we do when we work out to have a better health preserve our quality of life, right? We eat healthier foods to do that. And we eat when we're hungry because our body needs food. We sleep with a circadian rhythm. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, time to go to bed kind of thing. Uh, Life and the hereafter, people thinking about these kinds of things, moving and doing things to avoid the life and the hereafter, making sure we're living a fulfilled life before we go to the hereafter because it happens to us all. Sexual gratification, most of you probably may not be young enough for this, but it's a thing, right? The hormones, you can't fight the hormones and the urges for a significant other, the opposite sex, whatever you're into, okay? And the well-being of our children. Again, most of you aren't going to be old enough to have children. I don't have any children. I'm trying to you know, keep it that way for a while. And that's just a personal choice, right? I, I want to have kids someday, but that's a totally another conversation. But when you have your parents, like they want it, most of you're all their children. You're somebody's child. Like you're somebody wants you to be important, to have a good well being, to overall be taken care of. And then that feeling of important, feeling of importance is number eight. Okay, so that's the eighth one. Those are all really the decisions and the things that people do in their lives. Like any, from going to work out to, getting surgical implants to Botox to makeup to, I mean, anything that we're really doing in this world, you know, sports, right? Especially sports and money is around a feeling of importance, making more money to take care of our people, to take care of our health. Uh, I mean, all these kinds of things, it's just so relatable. So really take time, go check this book out, give honest and sincere appreciation to those who you see around you building off the second point. Okay. Secrets of handling people, fundamental techniques of handling handling people. Stumbling a little bit today, folks. Chapter three. And this, as soon as I read this chapter off, ladies, we love you. Okay. 
some of these books are just the way they were written and it's not it's meant towards humanity towards people chapter three he who can do this has the whole world with him he who cannot walks a lonely way men and women applies to everybody great chapter going to the last bit okay principle three arouse in the other person an eager want interesting right interesting so what does that title really mean and this is one of the longer chapters so i think in the first couple pages of this really the story that you need to know the takeaways you need from this are going to be within these first couple pages there's a lot of other stuff in there but again trying to keep this shorter for you i'm working on this myself timing wise so he who can do this has the whole world with him he who cannot walks a lonely way and this this first example i'm going to give you is going to sound so basic and easy but when you look how you can apply it in your life and in different pieces of the puzzle that's when it really comes together pun intended personally i have found i personally i am very fond of strawberries and cream but i have found that for some strange reason reason fish prefer worms so when i went fishing i didn't think about what i wanted i thought about what they wanted okay let that sink in for a second sounds so basic right of course fish aren't going to want strawberries i'm going to give fish worms because that's what they want to eat okay when we're trying to get connected with different people when we're going for a job when we're trying to sell somebody on a product or service that we know is going to benefit them we've got to talk about this next sentence i have highlighted right here which is quote unquote so on so the only way on earth to influence other people is to talk about what they want and show them how they can get it how they show them how to get it show them how to get to it show them how to get it that money that love the friendships the connections whatever it is that they want that your business takes care of or that your service can provide for them boom that's where it's at that's how you sell that's how you close deals is you focus and you talk about what they want to talk about the things that they're passionate about the things that they're into and it's not in a fake way. You've got to sincerely, that's the thing with this book. If you go back and listen to me talking about how he sets up the book, like the very first page, the more you get out of this book, the more you'll get out of life and those principles in there. Like that's what this is all about is being sincere and genuinely interested in what these other people have to say and talk about so that they're like, okay, this dude cares. You know, when so many other people are focused on them, right? Let's say you walk into a party, you walk into an event, and there's somebody, you know, walks up to you, an attractive person, seems like a nice person, and you start a conversation. And you're like, hey, so what do you do? And then for the next 10 minutes, they don't stop talking about what they do and how much money they make to the kind of car they drive to whatever it is that they're talking about, right? People want to talk about themselves. People like themselves. People like people who are like themselves. And people don't like people who aren't like them. I picked that little bit up from Tony Robbins. And he's got a lot of great stuff on this too. I mean, there's so many great people in this space. But it's the fundamental techniques in handling people. This is what is – it's so basic. It's so simple stuff, right? But to have it in a nice, clear order and to consistently – practice it 
That's the thing. Consistently practice it so you're really getting the feel of it and you're able to see the different areas in your life, the different examples, your day-to-day scenarios, situations that these can play out and this can help you. Okay. I'm going to read you this last quote and then we're going to sign off for the day. Uh, It's a whole paragraph. Harry Overstreet in his illuminating book, Influencing Human Behavior, said, Action springs out of what we fundamentally desire. The best piece of advice which can be given to would-be persuaders, whether in business, in the home, in the school, in politics. So would-be persuaders, right? That could be a coach who's trying to persuade you on their coaching philosophies on why you should train this way, to your parents on why you should think a certain way, to your friends on why this album is better than that album. Anything that you're trying to get somebody to get your opinion You want them to believe your side of the story, your half of the story, whatever it's about. That's what this relates to. I'm going to finish this. So would-be persuaders, whether in business, in the home, in the school, in politics, in the sport, it doesn't matter, is first, arouse in the other person an eager want. He who can do this has the whole world with him. He who cannot walks a lonely way. So that's where that came from. Boom. That's what I got for you today. Take that with you. Start to seek the different examples and times and areas in your life that this could be happening and you're not even noticing it. And now we talked about this before. It's the reticular activating system. It's the system you have in your brain that when you're presented with a new piece of information, a new interest, a new desire, it doesn't matter what it is. The first time you're conscious of it and you start to see it, Then if that's something you tell your brain that you like, you're interested in, you want to have happen again, you want to do that again, your brain's going to start to search and find these different things that are going to get that to you, right? So we use the example of a car. Let's say you just got a brand new red Camaro and you've never had a Camaro before. You've never even had a red Camaro. You've never had a red car in your life, but all of a sudden you're driving around and now you're seeing red Camaros everywhere. Okay. Let's say it doesn't matter what it is, right? Like, if you if you got a black suit, if you just got a nice new black suit, you start walking around, you start going places in it, and all of a sudden, dang, look at all these other guys in these black suits. There's a lot of black suits. There's a lot around you that we just tune out. Tune out. Okay, we t- upcoming uh, episode with Ryan Stuman. He's going to talk about this. But we see so many advertisements in a day, thousands and thousands of advertisements and brands and logos and all kinds of things flashing in front of us trying to get us to buy their product, service, this and that, whatever it is. You know, I've got my brand flashing in front of you now, trying to get you to listen into my stuff to educate you on this. You know, everybody's got something else going on that we just start to tune that stuff out. Like, think about this, your phone, right? On my phone, my background is this wallpaper. And I have practically tuned out of it because it's been there for so long and I haven't seen it. Like I haven't truly seen it and read what's on there, right? So little things like that that you just constantly get surrounded by, we start to tune that out. Like your body doesn't, like you at one point you could hear the blood pumping in your body, but your body, your mind has consciously tuned that out. It's still happening, right? It's still happening. We know it's going on, but we don't have to consciously think about it. So that's how the power of the reticular activating system works. That's how it applies to this. Start taking these lessons, putting them into your life, see where those scenarios pop up and how you can react differently and how 
you can really start to impact and change your life, change your finances and have better relationships with other people. That's what this is all about. So hopefully you got a lot out of today. I went over today. I thought I might. Bear with me. If y'all want a shorter episode, tell me. If you like it long like this, I can talk to you guys for a while. I love this kind of stuff. I love talking about it. And anybody who's listening truly, I'm I'm glad you're on board here. I'm glad you're listening today. And it just goes back to what I talked about before. Please go leave me a review. I love to get a five-star review. It helps boost the rankings. It's in the algorithms, more reviews, more people that come and check out the show. Obviously, the more I want to promote the show, get it out there. That's what I'm trying to do. Get it out there. Help me get it out there, y'all. So this is the Money Minded Athlete Podcast. I'm Kyle Poland signing off for today. God bless.